0: Chapter 7. In the weeks after the horseman's proclamation of war, the townsfolk met British patrols with more suspicion than ever. People came to dread the sound of their stomping boots and the rattle of their shouldered muskets. Families called children indoors and watched from behind drawn curtains as they marched through town, armed with threatening glares and unspoken accusations. But otherwise, life went on much as it had before. The walls were up on the chapel and all the major stonework was complete. Mr. Hickory kept Peter busy through every daylight hour honing his carpentry skills as they raised the roof in the bell tower. Swinging around in the high rafters looked a world of adventure to Finn, but she didn't mourn the missing out as much as she used to. She enjoyed her days spent with Bartimaeus and jumped at any opportunity to play fiddle down at the river or to sit quietly in the bell tower of the old chapel so she could look out over the walls and see Peter dancing among the trusses of the new. Sometimes he'd spy her watching from his perch and smile at her across the gulf between. In addition to offering him an apprenticeship, Mr. Hickory had invited Peter to his house for dinner on several occasions, and Finn didn't have any trouble admitting she was jealous. Well, I don't see why I shouldn't be able to come with you. Well, it wouldn't be proper, Peter protested, though he couldn't point out why. It's a family dinner, Finn. If you came... What, I'd embarrass you because I don't powder my nose and wear a bonnet? She planted her fists firmly on her hips, and Peter eyed them closely, sensing she might let one fly at any moment. It's just, I don't know. Look, maybe next time, all right? Without answering, she spun on her toe and walked away. A passel of younger children parted before her like chased geese as she stomped toward the dining hall. Whenever Peter was absent from the dinner table, Finn usually found out later that he'd been invited to the Hickories at the last minute. Foolishness if she'd ever heard it. As summer tumbled into autumn, the chapel was all but finished. The tower and steeple had been painted white, and the interior was furnished with pews enough to seat nearly two hundred people. The sisters were in a constant state of excitement about the coming dedication ceremony, and even Sister Hilda beamed with pride when the subject came up. Reverend Whitfield promised to preach on the first Sunday of its opening, and Bartimaeus was looking forward to seeing his old benefactor again. To Finn's dismay, the completion of the new chapel meant the time had come for the dismantling of the old. The boys that had previously occupied themselves with the business of construction turned their labors to the reverse. Day by day, Finn watched the old chapel wither away. It was first gutted, and then stripped of its cypress boards and battens, until all that remained were the beams and rafters of a sad, skeletal framework. On the day before the old chapel's final destruction, Finn and Peter stole away to the barely recognizable remnant of the bell tower, to honor their secret place with laughter, and call out of memory its role in so many of their pranks and games. Remember when Hilda caught you fishing during Sunday Vespers? asked Peter. He was smiling, and his eyes were quick and bright. The reminiscence transformed his usually reserved nature, and Finn sensed a lilt in his voice that she rarely heard. Finn threw her head back and cackled. (laughs) Ha ha ha! She was going to switch me for calling her a smelly fishwife. And you ran all the way up here from the river with her chasing you and trying to swat you with your own fishing pole. Peter laughed and made mock swatting motions at Finn. Finn doubled over in laughter, wheezing and breathless. She couldn't climb the ladder, and you should have seen how her nose waggled while she screamed at me. And you were making faces at her the whole time. They laughed until they were red-faced and could hardly breathe. Finn calmed her laughter and wiped her eyes to look out at the new chapel. She and Peter were suddenly quiet, and a wave of melancholy filled her and slowed her breath. I'm going to miss this. It's the only place inside the walls to find any quiet. Well, you'll have the tower and the new one. They don't have bells for it either. Well, then why build a bell tower? Finn rolled her eyes. Well, Mr. Hickory says when you build a thing, you build your purpose into it. And sometimes you have to let others finish it. That church will be there for a hundred years, and in time, somebody's bound to find a bell to crown her. Uh, It won't be the same. I suppose it won't. But the new one's even higher. You can see for miles from up there. Just wait, Finn. You'll love it. Finn didn't reply. She gazed off into the evening. Peter shifted closer to her and took a breath. Do you remember what I told you about Mr. Hickory and his offer? I remember, she said. Well, he's asked me to start after the dedication. Silence sat between them like an intruder. When Finn spoke, she was almost whispering. You're leaving me, Peter Lemie. It wasn't a question. No, I'm not, Finn. It's just into town. You're leaving me for your own world, Peter. "'To start your own life, and I'll be here cooking chickens and wishing I wasn't. "'There's nothing for it, Pete. I'm never leaving this place. "'I'll be right here under Hilda's thumb, right where she wants me, and you'll be.' "'She waved her hand at the horizon. "'Out there.' "'She turned her head and refused to cry. "'Finn,' Peter started, but she kept on. "'I understand, Peter. I've been watching orphans leave here my whole life, "'and never once saw one come back, not really.' It'll be the same. You'll come for dinner once or twice a week at first, and then once or twice a month. Then I'll hear you've married some girl from Savannah. And then I won't hear any more at all. Finn looked away from Peter again and raised one hand to wipe her eyes. Well, what if I married some girl from Ebenezer? Finn gave a start and laughed. Ha, like who? He didn't answer at once, and she ran through a list of all the girls she knew in town, trying to picture each of them with Peter. Each one she imagined seemed more preposterous to her than the last. As she ticked down the list in her head, she realized that Peter still hadn't spoken and was patiently watching her. Who else, Finn? he said. She balked at him with her jaw hanging. Then he grabbed her up and kissed her. She took his face in her hands, and she laughed and kissed him again and again and again. The next morning, Finn arrived at the dining hall before breakfast. She found Bartimaeus bent over the dinner table, rubbing it furiously with a rag He muttered at the table as he tried to eliminate the scuffs and stains on the finish. Ah, bloody spots. Finn put her hand on his shoulder. Here, let me do that. You go on and get the fire started. Bartimaeus acquiesced with a grumble. Finn swiped the rag in the wax and rubbed it across the surface of the table, obscuring the finish with a cloudy film. She picked up a clean cloth and buffed the wax off to bring out the luster of the wood. She could see her reflection in the table. It rippled and distorted with the subtleties of the wood almost but never quite a perfect picture. Finn thought that if she rubbed hard enough and long enough, maybe she could force a true reflection to reveal itself. She and Peter decided not to make any mention of their intentions, at least not until Peter had worked with Mr. Hickory long enough to settle into his new position. Finn didn't mind the weight so much, but the thought of being cooped up in the orphanage without Peter depressed her. The promise of living together, with him, on their own, was motivation enough, however, for her to endure a hundred nose-wagglings and cook a thousand chickens. She would wait. However long, however hard, she would wait. She finished off the table, not having cleared the marring on her reflection to any noticeable extent, and went to help Bartimaeus cook. After breakfast, she sat on the porch and watched the last of the old chapel brought to the ground. With a thunderous tumult, the bell tower came down in a heap of rubble, and her corner of solace disappeared forever.